Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with us every single step of the way. Providing a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweet, send them hot, at Ken Carmen C-A-R-M-A-N. Coming up at 10, for, excuse me, 11.40 a.m. Eastern, Matt Verderam going to join us. Fan-sided. We're still talking about the bowl game. I can't even talk about Notre Dame-Alabama yet. I don't think anybody really wants to talk about Notre Dame-Alabama yet, and we will talk about that targeting call. Because... It's one. It's it's basically one of them situations where I get it's a letter of the law, and to the letter of the law, that's what it looks. I just feel the penalty is way too harsh. I feel the penalty is way too harsh. It just seems to be asinine to throw a guy out. I mean, first off, the kid needs to learn. It, it, this has happened before. James Skalski should probably learn. Hey, buddy, you're 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 going to turn your neck into an accordion. You better be careful here. But. Just to throw a guy out of a game, I, I just think it's, I think it's asinine. I think it, unless you know that there was that it, what what that guy did was so egregious that you could throw him out. Which back in the day before this rule, they would have thrown him out anyway if it was that egregious. I just think it's totally, totally overkill, asinine to throw somebody out of a game. And the worst part about this is that the fear of litigation, which that is a serious motivator in all this stuff. It's not about for the greater good. It's the fear of litigation. The fear of litigation makes it unlikely that they change this rule. You know, people were bringing it up last year. I guess I can do it now. The 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 Sean Wade hit the year before, which I did, I thought was was sketchy. This one, I still thought, you know what? You got Justin Fields. He's trying to spin out of it. If if you're a Clemson fan, you could sur- sure as hell make an argument and certainly say, hey, maybe you just got caught the wrong way. This is ridiculous. To the letter of the law. And the law is terrible to the letter of the law that's targeting. But to throw a guy 15 yards, spot foul, you want to do spot foul plus 15. You make it, you can make it a severe penalty. To throw a guy out of a game, though, I just think it's bad. I, I really do think it's in poor taste. If the person did something that terrible, they get thrown out regardless. I really think it's it's overkill, and it just seems to be the typical get everybody together, make a decision so we won't get sued because, you know, we can't pay them. We can't we, – no, so we can't do that. So we're just going to do this, and, well, we're protecting the players, so we'll throw you out. And I, I, I'd be willing to say, and I think a lot of people would agree, three out of four of these cases seem to be friendly fire or accidents. 
There are some where, yep, you led, buddy. You tried to go Mark Carrier on somebody. Yeah, that's that's a problem. Goodbye. Okay. But in the other three cases, it just seems to be, man, bang, bang, happenstance. This is a collision sport. These things tend to happen. And I think throwing them out of a game is just stupid. Let's welcome in Anthony Pierno, a person who's the absolute opposite of stupid. Very smart <laughs> and very angry. Which, by the way, was I right or was I right, babe? Was I right? Tell everybody I was right. Tell no, me I was yeah, right. you were right. Congratulations. <laughs> well, you were right, too, because you said 86, and technically it was the Hall of Fame Bowl in 1986, Boston College in yes, Georgia. Yes, you go to the Outback Bowl website, and it starts off 1986. So. Yeah. But well, congratulations. See, you know the history of the Outback you, Bowl. You actually, <laughs> you actually did research. I just went to Wikipedia. Mine's all half-assed. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> you know the history of the Outback Bowl. You want other sports? Forget about it. You want regaled of tales of the Outback Bowl? You come right here to CBS Sports <laughs> Radio. What's going on, Pierno? Nothing much, Ken. Hope uh, your New Year's went well. Yeah. When you tried the rocks. What he has, he has tequila? Terramana tequila. Terramana? Terramana tequila. It came it's, out with it back in March. so wow. uh, It's been around for a while. It's been eh? around for a while, so I wanted to try some out. Nice, smooth tequila. Do you? So you bought it just because it's The Rock and just to try it? Just yeah, yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Yep. I've never seen any of those things really work out where, like, this has become, like, the best whiskey or the best vodka, tequila, hard liquor out of any of them. Like, what was the, what's the one that Conor McGregor has? Isn't that, like, the proper 12? Yes, yep, you got Do it. Do I have yep. to have my shirt off to drink that? Is that how that one works? <laughs> like, I've never seen it become, like, this is now a household name. Like, I always thought the 50-cent one was funny because it's called effing, like, give me some effing vodka, like, something like that. I thought that was kind of funny. And what was uh, was the – George Clooney had one that I think he sold recently. George Clooney had one? Yeah. What the hell was that called? I got to look it up. I don't know off the top of my head. He had some kind of – I think he he sold it recently, but for, like, a billion dollars. He sold it for a billion dollars? Yeah. Man, everything George Clooney does just turns into success, doesn't it? That guy was on Roseanne, and he was successful on Roseanne. I mean, Roseanne was a big show then, but I mean, my God, Roseanne was character. a great show, and of course, he was on ER. That's that's where it really started for him. He but skyrocketed. You know, what was his, his name? Was like Cooper or Cotter or something? I forget what. Oh, it wasn't Cotter. Now I can't. Porter. Re- oh, no, oh, it wasn't well, like a is... normal name. It wasn't like Rick no, or something I know. like that. Oh, not, yeah. dude, you're gonna drive me absolutely. I'm sorry, crazy I did that. I know this. television and movies, and I totally do it down the wrong. Oh, okay, man. you tell me what the. Hold on, hold All on, right. George. Clooney, Roseanne, Roseanne. Damn it, I misspelled. Here we go. 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 Damn it. What was his name? What was his name? What was his name? What was his name? It's killing. Booker. Booker. He yes. was Booker. Yep. What yep. name is Booker? All right. Except there's only one Booker that we accept around here. Booker That's a T. Pro wrestler. Yeah, baby. Harlem Heat. Let's get going. All right. What do we got for the top five? All right. So McDonald's recently brought back the McRib, which I've never tried. And listen. <gasps> I know all this fast food is bad for you, but that sandwich in particular looks oh disgusting. Have you oh ever had God. the McRib before? I'm not saying, okay, Pierno, well, I'm not saying anything at all begrudging about any fast food restaurant. I can't do it. All right, what well, are we going to say? We're doing the top five favorite fast food items. Okay, that's better. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I would have known beforehand. I have a very... Very weird personal story of a boss being 
really unjustifiably upset over something said over a fast food restaurant. It is very weird. It's very weird. Gotcha. <laughs> I can't even talk about it on the air. It's that weird. All right, so top five fast food items. Yeah, our favorites. Yep. Did you ever get? Did you get fast food yesterday? No, I did not. I did. Got Taco Bell. Love Taco you gotta, Bell. You got to do it, man. You got to do it. Oh, it's on my list. It's on my list. I don't know, man. I'm a connoisseur of fast food, obviously. I'm built for comfort, baby. I'm built for speed. I I know it. All right, top five. That's going to be interesting. All right, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I've been putting off this Brian Kelly conversation for a while. Do we have the Brian Kelly, Pirino? I believe we do. This is what Brian Kelly had to say after they lost. Excuse me, after they got shellacked by Alabama yesterday. Here's Brian Kelly. This wasn't a matter of getting knocked off the ball or not having enough players to uh, to compete against Alabama. This was about making plays, and so um, you know, I guess I guess everybody needs to continue to carry this narrative that Notre Dame's not good enough. Look at the scores of the games that Alabama's played all year, and I think we need to start to change the narrative a little bit. This team was out there competing and having a chance to win. We're going to keep getting here, okay? And we're going to keep banging at it. And you guys watched the game, didn't you? They made plays on the perimeter. They made some dynamic plays. They have the college football player of the year who made some dynamic plays. Um, We battled. We were right there. We're going to keep getting back here. And I'm sorry if, if you don't like it or if the national media doesn't like it, but we're going to go back to work. We're going to keep recruiting, and we're, we're going to put ourselves back in this position again. I'm a positive person. Let me start where Brian Kelly's right. He's right that they're going to be back there. He's right. It matters for business. It just matters for business. You can bring up all the scores, and I will continue to – I will sit there like Walter Sobchak – while the Jesus is yelling and just with my hands folded over my stomach and listen to your anger. Because it ain't changing. It didn't change before. It didn't change when they got blown out in the past. And it's not going to change after they got blown out yesterday. And it probably won't change when they get blown out next time. It's just not going to change. As much as we wanted to not. We're loud. We're angry. This is what works. And so when we see Notre Dame, we think this is what works. When we see Notre Dame, they get in, we say, they don't deserve it. They shouldn't deserve to be in. Look at them. Najee Harris leaping over people. Amazing what's going on. Notre Dame doesn't deserve to be on the same field. And quite frankly, you're right. It ain't changing. This is why Notre Dame stays independent. This is why Notre Dame does what they do. It's still so rich. It still means so much. It still has that much more intrigue. If Notre Dame turns in seasons like they just did, Notre Dame will be back. If they've taught us anything with the college football playoff, they do what's best for business. They don't do what teams... There are some times where they will use the history. I can't say that they don't use a team's personal history against them. They will. They will. There, there may be an argument next year, depending on how things go. There may be an argument next year, and, and, and rightfully so, about Notre Dame. If Notre Dame were to play this well next year, I don't know. I, they, they usually seem to be a team that, that ramps up two years, and then that third year they try to pounce. Two years, third year they try to pounce. So they could go 9-3 and three next year and no one will really notice. But if, say, Notre Dame's back here next year, 
then that immediate history will be used by guys like me. We keep letting you in, and you keep embarrassing yourselves. But you're still Notre Dame. You still get in. It's the Golden Dome. We don't make movies. Sorry, we, we don't make movies about other schools. We make movies about Notre Dame. Because Notre Dame, while they seem to be a quieter fan base, they're not as – they don't seem to be – and I say quieter meaning – I don't get angry Notre Dame guy calling me up on a Saturday. I get angry Alabama fan. I get angry Clemson fan. I get a lot of angry Ohio State fans. I don't get passionate maybe being angry. Maybe I can mix that up as well. I don't get passionate Notre Dame fan calling me. Passionate Notre Dame fan, I don't know if that person exists on Sports Talk Radio. At least not around these parts. I think that there are passionate Notre Dame fans. I just think they do other things. It's a different university. It doesn't have a following in in a state like it would. I'm sure there's plenty of people in Indiana. It doesn't have a following in a state like Ohio State would have where there's plenty of people like myself who never would have the grades to be able to get into Ohio State, who would never have a chance to get into Ohio State, but they're Ohio State fans. I went to Akron. I became an Akron fan. Pierno rolls his eyes because I've told that story too many times. But in Alabama, there are plenty of people who – me may or may not have graduated high school that are big Alabama fans. My cousin is a huge Clemson fan. I don't know if my own cousin can write her own first name, and I'm dead serious about that. And she is a Clemson fan, and she loves the Tigers. They don't really have that. There are families that are born into it. They don't seem to have that passion, but they do seem to have the dollars. And they have the eyes, and they have the following, the ratings. They just have it. And that's something that we are, every few years, are going to have to deal with. It's the same thing as primary elections. Every few years, you're going to be called out on the carpet, and we'll see what you have. But there's going to be a couple years where we don't have to worry about them. In Notre Dame, because of their academic standards, which has always been a controversial thing, because of their academic standards, they want the best of both worlds. They have to build a program. Ohio State, boom, they can reload. Ohio State's a good school. Alabama, boom, they can reload. Alabama's a good school. Same thing with Clemson. These are good schools. It's not what it's not what Notre Dame is. That's okay. You can have the best of both worlds. You can still have a very nice academic standard, which those schools have, and you can also have great football, which those schools have, which is a great advertisement for them. Notre Dame's been advertised as a national team since well before we were born and well after we die. It's just what Notre Dame is. And he's right about that. The thing that Brian Kelly's wrong about is the results of what he said. Because you got eyes and so do I. And I think any of us could have seen. There are three teams that belonged in this field yesterday. Notre Dame ain't one of them. It just happens to be their year. Every time we let Notre Dame in, and it's the same song and dance, Notre Dame goes out, embarrasses themselves, gives you no reason to do it. And what usually happens, why they have to build that program up, they have to continually build up and and build a team because of their standards, because of things that they do. It gives us time to forget what they've done in the past. Ohio State going and getting their clocks clean when they were given that little nice dispensation there, you know that that spoke out to the country. And the next year when Ohio State was right there in that mix, it probably had something to do because it was still fresh in the committee's mind, still fresh in the voters' mind, still fresh in America's mind. But Notre Dame, they give it a couple years. Eight and four, nine and three, boom, 
11-1, and 12-0. Here's Notre Dame. And here's you having your ass handed to you by Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, whoever it might be. But they give us a couple years to think about it. He is totally right. Brian Kelly's been a pretty good recruiter and obviously a really fine coach. I can't take anything away from that. But they're at a different level underneath the top upper echelon teams. But they're given that they're given that dispensation because of Notre Dame. Because Notre Dame means money, because Notre Dame means intrigue, and because there will be passionate fans who call up and bitch to sports talk radio and watch television shows and grind their teeth because of Notre Dame. I mean, watch it last night. An A&M fan who might be listening in Texas right now, you watch last night, I think your anger turned from Ohio State, which still could have been true because they only played six games, to Notre Dame. Because, again, three teams looked like they belonged on a college football playoff field last night. Alabama surely, Clemson surely, at least through the first half, and then Ohio State. And we would have been surprised. We wouldn't have been surprised if it was both Notre Dame and, and, and Ohio State to do it, but we had such a tremendous game last night. It kind of covered that up. But where Brian Kelly's wrong, I'm sorry. You can try to turn this chicken bleep into chicken salad all you want, but what I see is blowout after blowout, embarrassment after embarrassment, and a building narrative that is just the truth. Until you change it, That's what's put against you. You are a team that's a blue blood that gets an advantage that other programs don't, that get the dispensation that other programs don't, that get the – to get in, get the breaks that a lot of other programs don't. Don't speak to me, Ohio State fan, but get the breaks that what a lot of other programs don't. And you go out there and you get your head head handed to you, and you get embarrassed. You beat Clemson. It was a great win a couple of a couple of months ago. They didn't have Trevor Lawrence. You let the narrative fit. You didn't just lose. You got destroyed last week in the ACC championship game. Then you followed up with this. I mean, that game was over in the first quarter. And he could say, well, they played on the edges. Hey, I don't blame you for thinking your team can win. You're the head football coach of the football team. Obviously, you're supposed to believe in something. But we all have eyes. But Brian Kelly's right. Whether you like it or I like it or anybody else likes it, if they're 11-1 and or 12-0 and next year, Notre Dame's getting in. We just got to figure out the other three. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Up next, top five fast food items. Pirano, you speak to my heart. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. Matt Verderam joins us here in less than 20 minutes. We're ready. we just got to get right to it. It's time for the top five, baby. Top five. This one's a very good one. Top five Favorite fast food, fast food items because McDonald's recently brought back the McRib, which I've never had. So I was like, I've right, never let's... had it either. I've never had it either. Oh, that's got to be a lie. I know I've had it somewhere. Don't Don't take that one to the bank. That's whether I was here. whether I was a small child or I was drunk, one of the two times. There ain't no ch- there, There's not a chance in hell I haven't had a McRib. I just don't remember it. Go right on ahead. All right, you go so first. Number five for me. I'm going with the Taco Bell, the hard taco. Now it's simple. You just have the crunchy tortilla shell this filled with surprise. the beef, the shredded cheese, and the lettuce. Now separate, all these ingredients are pretty much blah, but combined now <laughs> you, you got magic there. 
And I always upgrade. I don't know about you. I upgrade to the Supreme. So I add some <laughs> sour cream and I get the chopped tomatoes on it. And then you have to add the hot sauce. You add the hot sauce to the mix. I always go with the mild sauce because especially yeah. when I'm out in public, I, I'm a sweater. So... I don't oh, need God. any of that. So, but the the mild sauce adds some nice flavor. Not too intense, but not weak either. <laughs> so, and always two packs for me. Two packs I don't mean to, for the one taco. I don't mean to pick you apart, but when you said the se- the ingredients separately, aren't they great? Like, isn't that the way it is for every recipe? <laughs> like, if they, like if we're baking a cake, I'm just not going to eat the flour. Like it needs to be mixed in with. No, other but things. particularly in this case, uh, the, okay. you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Go specifically in this sorry. case. So, all right, I'm going with the Taco Bell, the hard taco, uh, number five. Number four, I'm like, this is very hard. I'm going to go with the Arby's Curly Fries, okay? Wow. Big fan of the Curly Fries, especially okay. when you get the perfect tight spiral. They have that great texture to it, and the seasoning is just delicious at Arby's. Uh, the onion, the paprika, the pepper. They have a nice spicy kick to it, and I feel like they've always uh, been crispy when I've gotten them. So the Arby's Curly Fries. Number three, I'm going with the Popeye's Chicken Sandwich. The fried breaded oh. chicken breast. The wow. chicken is thick. couple pickled slices. You have the touch of mayo on the buttery, toasty bun. You got good flavor there. It's I've always found it to be filling. You get your money's worth. The breading gives it that good crunch, so... The Popeye's chicken sandwich. Number two. Uh, so tough. I'm going to go with the Five Guys, the bacon cheeseburger. Okay. Uh, I'm big fan of Five Guys. The patties, hand squished. No frozen pre-made patty. They got no freezers at Five Guys. So no, no the patties, they're juicy. They're thick. You can taste the quality of the meat. You got the fresh beef. The fresh bacon, the cheese, and the sesame seed bun. You can mix and match with the additional toppings. Uh, and I, just, I like the bacon. It's crisp. The applewood smoked. Really balanced flavor. So I'm going with the five guys. They are number two. Okay. And number one, I have to go with the classic dessert. The Wendy's Chocolate Frosty. This this you might be bastard. this might be the best. I think this might be the best dessert at any of the fast food restaurants. <laughs> I mean, and this one has stood the test of time. This was back on the original Wendy's menu back in 1969 when it opened Wendy's. Frosty dairy dessert, man. So, and I, um, I always have to be careful because I get this. I rush to eat it. I always wind up getting uh, throat freeze. I don't get brain freeze. I get, th- I get yeah. throat freeze. Been there. Been there. You, you've got throat freeze because a oh, lot of yeah, times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. People think like I'm crazy when I bring up throw freeze. They have no I idea what throw freeze is. No, I, I get throw it. freeze. But yeah. again, the other thing that I love about the Wendy's Chocolate Frosty, it's also great for dipping. Have you ever used it as a dip? Oh, you can you dip your French fries in it. You can, dip? You can dip your chicken nuggets into the you Frosty. Exactly. And it t- tastes great. So number one for me, the Wendy's Chocolate Frosty. That's a great list. All right, mine is a little scattershot, so away we go. Uh, this gets very regional. There's going to be some people going, huh? Uh, number five, I think people make too much of a deal about it, but it still it still deserves its respect. Is a Swenson's Galley Boy. Uh, it's basically a cheeseburger with, like, a special sauce, and then they take a big, long toothpick thing, and they put an olive, and they, they stab it through the middle of it. And the, the green olive is fantastic. So I know that's too regional for you. Maybe I should have went national for it. If you want me to, I can sub in 
Uh, I can sub in a chicken quesadilla if you want me to from Taco Bell. Is that something you want me to do so we can resonate with it? I mean, I can do either one. It's up to you, man. It's your I list. just didn't want to be too regional because there's always those regional places, and then it's like, well, I, I, I've never been there. I wouldn't know. So number five is Swenson Galley Boy. Number four is a Frosty. You're right. You, you, what you said, what you said is true. Number three, the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. And the reason is, I swear to you, I've never been able to get a hold of the Popeye's chicken sandwich. I hear wonderful things about it, but I feel like I did when I was 16 years old. All my friends are telling me how great it is and how wonderful it is and how it's life-changing. And I don't know. I don't know what I'm missing. I didn't know what I was missing when my buddies were telling me about you-know-what when I was 16 years old. And I don't know what I'm missing with a Popeye's chicken Sex? sandwich. Well, I didn't want to really just put it all out there like that, Pierno, but since you said it, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich is number three. Number two, Whopper. Even though there's times where I, I switch my taste, my taste buds change over time. I like a little extra I like a little extra uh, um, ketchup on it, and sometimes I like no pickles, okay? But a Whopper for the life of me never is going to change. Number one, number one, this is why anytime we go to South Carolina or Florida, I really insist on driving. A regular, if you want to put chicken in the middle of it, you can go ahead and do so. A Bojangles biscuit can't be touched. I've had biscuits from one end of the coast to the other end of the coast. Nothing beats Bojangles, and I will go in, in a special direction to make sure if I'm driving through the Carolinas, if I'm driving through Georgia and Florida, I will get Bojangles biscuits, and I will have them. I've actually fought with my friends on a road trip to make sure, because I was driving, that we were going to get the Bojangles. It's one of the things I actually look forward to on the vacation is the Bojangles. So Bojangles biscuits, number one. Can I tell you a story real quick? Yeah, please. I've been waiting to hear it. I, one of my favorite uh, – well, you thought I was going to – I'm going to swerve you here. One of my favorite things to do, because it's Brown Steelers week. One time – I lived in a I lived in a town here in Ohio called North Ridgeville. And we were doing a pregame show. And I'm not going to tell you which restaurant it is. It is a leading fast food chain. Liz texts me on the way home. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a pregame show. And our pregame are four hours before game starts. So it, it's, a, it's a big day for Browns football. And she texts me, she goes, get so-and-so on the way home. And I says, okay, because, you know, we got kids and they like to eat it too. So I go to pick it up, and I'm wearing all my brown stuff. And I, I order, I go to the I go to the drive-thru window, the girl, maybe 16 years old, right? She goes, oh, you're a big Browns fan. I said, yeah, yeah, you know, and, like, I give her a card and everything. She's like, well, I tell you right now, the Steelers are going to wipe you, wipe you clean this year. I'm like, great, congratulations. And she goes, well, thanks for the Joe Hayden. Thanks for Joe Hayden. And Joe Hayden has had a very nice career with the Steelers, I have to admit, but this was when they first got Joe Hayden. And she's like, thanks for Joe Hayden. I go, Joe Hayden's old and used up and can't stay healthy with us. I go, you go ahead, and we're kind of going back and forth. Now, I'm joking. We're kind of going back and forth about Joe Hayden. I go, that's fine. You you guys enjoy your exit from the playoffs and enjoy your Joe Hayden. She goes, yeah, well, enjoy 3-13, and 13, fat ass. <laughs> and we both stared at each other, and everybody in the in the restaurant, the, the workers all like paused, and you just saw these eyes like look through the window, like oh my god, and I'm laughing, 
the manager like <laughs> runs up to the window. She's like, sir, can you pull up, please? And she was as angry. She comes out. And she's like, listen, whatever you need, let's try to get. I'm like, listen, I go, I thought it was funny. Don't fire that girl. I swear to God, I'm not trying to put myself over here, Pirino. <laughs> I was like, I thought it was funny. I said, we were talking about football in the drive-thru. I, I, can, I can push buttons. She's a 16-year-old little girl. Do not fire this girl over this, okay? <laughs> I don't need anything. I got a story to tell on the air for the rest of my life. So don't worry about it. I don't know what's happened to that girl. Hopefully she's living a nice life right now. Who knows? Maybe she's a manager of that restaurant right there. I don't know. But I, I just don't – please do not fire her over cheeseburgers and whatnot and call me a fat ass, okay? Hopefully we all have a nice, funny story to tell for the rest of our lives. I thought it was hilarious. I was like, man, I – she said what she was thinking right to my face right there in that drive-thru in North Ridgeville. So I'm a famous – I have a very famous history with fast food. I'm a big fast food fan. And that is the top five fast food items. Pierno, you've outdone yourself again. 855-2124-CBS. Try to get you guys at noon because coming up next, Matt Verderam going to join us. We'll switch it up. We'll talk NFL with him. We will talk more college football coming up at noon Eastern. I promise about that. But we talk all these playoff permutations coming up next. What the hell are the Browns going to do? What the hell are the Dolphins going to do? We get into it all. Matt Verderam next. Fan sided. Right now, it's the latest sports update with Marco Belletti. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Week 17 is here in the NFL, and it is do-or-die time for a lot of teams. The AFC jam-packed with quality football. The NFC, not necessarily so much, but still a lot of teams trying to find their way into the playoffs coming up here this weekend. And to talk about it, we welcome in Matt Verderam. Fansided.com. Find him on Twitter at Matt Verderam. Matt joins us on the show. Matt, thanks for joining us, bud. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing well. I saw your vid. I didn't. I did. I see your video here on your Twitter about losing David Bakhtiari here and how big a loss that yep. might be for the uh, Green Bay Packers. Is that something that changes the landscape of the of the? I keep want to say college football playoffs because we've been talking about it for an hour <laughs> and forty minutes. I'm sorry. That changes the landscape of the NFC playoffs. Well, I think it makes Green Bay more vulnerable. I still think they're the favorite, especially here if they if they beat Chicago and get the one seed. Um, but. Look, the NFC's got a lot of good pass-rushing teams. The Saints have two really good edge rushers, Trey Ferguson and Cam Jordan. Seattle, you know, everybody thinks about them as having a bad defense because they did early in the year. They've 31 sacks over the last nine games. They're playing really good football. And so, then you have Tampa, who, who is very likely Green Bay's second-round opponent if, uh, if Green Bay's the one. So, like, I, I, think, I think the Packers can, can overcome it, but I think it's going to make it harder because, you know, it used to be put Bakhtiari on an island leave him alone, help out elsewhere. Now you can't do that. And that changes everything about the way that offense wants to function. So I do think it matters quite a bit. What has changed for Mitch Trubisky over the last month? I mean, he's been better. It's, it's given some conversation now. They might make the playoffs over in Chicago with all this. What, what's been the difference for this guy? You know, I think it's more a difference of, of a few things. You know, David Montgomery has had 400-yard rushing games in his last five games. Um, they've, so they've run the ball much, much better. Early in the year, they were one of the worst rushing teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's setting him up for the second and fives and third and twos. And I, I think that plays to his strength. Because, well, this is a one guy. Get the ball out of his hands. 
get the ball in space to a guy like an Allen Robinson or Montgomery, um, even a Cole Komet when they can feature him. So, look, I, I think if, if you're the Bears, you have to run the ball effectively. And then from there, let Trubisky win on second and mediums and third and shorts, and that's what's happened the last month. And so they've tried. They've also played some bad defense. We're being totally honest. They played Houston, who's awful. Jacksonville, who's terrible. Um, Detroit, who's awful, and they even lost that game. And so a part of that is, I think, a little bit of fool's gold. But he has played better, and I think it's mostly because of the down distance he's bad. Matt Verderam joining us on the show. Okay, so Arizona, is there blame if they don't make the playoffs, or do we say, eh, maybe we try to skip a step with the Cardinals here? Well, I, I think – I think it's a, a case of two different things, right? They started out the season five and two, and really, not for a hail mary. They're already out of the playoff picture. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you know you do have to say what happened. You start five and two, you've got to be able to make the playoffs, especially now with the expanded field. That being said, they are a young team. They are a team that's descending. I think you know nobody expected that they were definitely going to make the playoffs this year, but you start five and two, it changes expectations. And I do think Kingsbury down the stretch here. It has, has struggled at times with situational football, whether it's calling two-point plays, wh- whether it's end-of-game management. Uh, he's been exposed a little bit in those areas. doesn't mean he can't improve on him and get better, but I, I think those are definitely areas for him that he's going to have to work on uh, if, if they're going to be a contender you know, starting next year. Is this a guy who's an offensive coordinator at heart and needs a head coach to kind of make sure there's a system of checks and balances? Can I make that argument next year? <laughs> yeah, I think you can. I think you can. Look. It's Kingsbury comes in from Texas Tech where they were air rate, roll the ball 60 times a game, don't worry about playing any defense. I don't think that he's brought that to Arizona. Because defensively, quite honestly, that's even better than I think a lot of people thought they'd be this year, especially after they lost Chandler Jones. But they've not been a team that's situational. Like, I think he would, he would benefit greatly from an assistant head coach who's been a head coach in the past. Like, you know, a guy – come in there and give him a little bit of, of, of a talking to during the week at Dale Cliff. We get down to the four-minute offense. These are our best plays. This is what we should do. This is how we should run the clock down if we have to run the clock down. I think the biggest issues with him have been situationally, and that stuff can be learned over time. But, yeah, as, as of right now, I think that's a, that's a fair enough comment. Are the Seahawks the most dangerous team in the NFC right now? They're, they're certainly there. I look, I think of anybody, assuming if the Packers get the one, I think Seattle's got the best chance to go up there and beat them. Because Seattle's not going to be deterred by the weather. And the playoffs are about big plays, and the Seahawks can make big plays. Now, their offense the last couple of months has not been what it was early in the year when everybody was talking about let Russ Cook, and he's going to win the MVP and throw 55 touchdowns. None of that's happened. But with a guy like Metcalf, with Wilson's ability to throw the deep ball, I think he's the best deep ball thrower in the NFL – when you have those things, you can win in the playoffs because you can bail yourself out of third and 12. And, and so I, I think they and the Packers, to me, are the two teams that I would bet on the most to get there. The Packers simply because they're going to be the one, and they're only going to have to play two games. But I think Seattle, with the, with the addition of Dunlap, with, with the rise of the way Adams played here, I think they are the most uh, dangerous threat to Green Bay. Matt Verderam joining us on the show, going over the Week 17 playoff permutations and everything. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Verderam. He's a great NFL reporter from Fansided. Dolphins, how much trouble are they in without Ryan Fitzpatrick to bail them out of that trouble? Oh, you laughed. Call, oh, boy. Can you, call, <laughs> can you call me back in the middle of the third quarter tomorrow and I'll give you an answer? I, look, I think it, it depends. Are the Bills going to try in this game? 
the Bills are going to try and stay. I think the Dolphins are going home. Uh, if if the Dolphins get a Bills team that doesn't care, I think it's a much different situation. The thing that worries me is Tua now has been bailed out twice. I mean, they didn't win the game in Denver when he got fans. They almost did. Uh, they did win the game, of course, in Vegas. But, you know, th- there's a certain message you send when you do that if you're Brian Flores that you think your best quarterback is really sitting over there on the bench. Because at the end of the day, when you need him the most, who are you going to? You're going to Patrick. Now you don't have that security blanket. So now I think players are looking at two with a little less confidence than they may have had a month ago yep. and saying, hey, man, we're 10-5. and five. You better get it done. Because we're here 10-5. and five. We're trying to get some playoff money. Uh, you're not going to have your security blanket. And I'm not saying that's fair or unfair to him. It's just reality. Those players are going to look at him and go, you better get it done. He's under a lot of pressure on Sunday. I'll tell you what. like Matt, like, okay, let me look at it this way. If I got if I got the – there's some breaking news I have to get to it coming up here momentarily, I'm sure. Um, if I'm breaking it down this way, I kind of want to give Brian Flores the coach of the year already. I swear yep. to God. Because somebody's making him play to a tongue of Iloa. There, it, it makes no sense. He does, he, You can tell he doesn't want to play this guy. He has a responsibility to 53 players to get this team to the playoffs. They were overachievers last year. I could argue they're overachievers this year. They've built a pretty decent defense, and I don't want to hold it against Tua. He's just not ready. But he keeps getting forced out there, and somebody's making this decision, and I start to wonder whether or not it's it's Brian Flores. Ken, that's a great point, and, and I've been not quite saying forced out there, but a lot of the same things now for the last couple of weeks. Look, Anyone who's ever walked into an NFL locker room understands the dynamic is different than I think most people realize. Look, these guys, this is a this is a career for them. It's not just a game that hey, we made the playoffs. That's I mean, this is livelihoods for some of these guys. They're gonna have two, three, four year careers in the NFL. They want to make as much money as they can. That means playoff money. That means that means you know getting exposure in a couple of primetime games. Maybe it helps you get one big contract. And so. You know, you're going to have these guys, you know, however that situation is being manifested in Miami, you are absolutely going to have the other 52 guys in that locker room looking at the coach, looking at the front office and saying, what are we doing? Are we, I mean, are we playing the best guy? If we're not playing the best guy, this is, this is BS. Like, we need to be putting out the best guy on the field to give us the best shot to win because there's no other team in the NFL doing this. There's no other playoff team that, that's, that's going to their, their bullpen quarterback in the fourth quarter when they're down 10 points. So I, I do think – uh, you know, you're going to have a lot of angry players, uh, you know, if, if this thing doesn't go well. Now, that said, look, they got no choice this week. I mean, the decision's been taken out of Miami's hands. So, he's playing. They're not going to Jake Rudock. So, it, it, it is what it is now. Two is going to have to earn it. And if he does, hey, huge feather in the kid's cap. But to this point, you're right. He has not looked ready. He has not looked like Burrow. He certainly has not looked like Herbert. Uh, so, this is, this is a big moment for him, though. He erases all that if they win this game and he plays well. Matt Verderim on the show. Browns, Steelers, COVID running rampant in Cleveland. The worst possible time. But they're not placing they're not playing Matt Mason or they're playing not playing Ben Roethlisberger. They're playing Mason Rudolph. Right. They're not playing Cam Hayward. They're not playing TJ Watt. That's a lot of losses on defense and offense. Uh Browns got their wide receivers back. Should they win this game and get into the postseason this time since oh, they 2002? Better. They, they better <laughs> win this game. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, and remember we chose your Browns guy, right? You were, Who told I you? <laughs> no, no I, I am. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, I thought so. I, listen, you know what? Got to win this game. First of all, let's be real. I don't care. I don't care if you and I were playing receiver. You got to beat the Jets. Okay, that's. I, I mean, you have to win that game. It's and true. now, it's true. If, it's, if it's a situation where you get the Steelers playing Mason Rudolph, public enemy number one in Cleveland, 
And then you have you have a team that they're not trying. They don't care. They're serving as a, they're using this to serve as a bye week, which I think Pittsburgh should. They should. They, they haven't had a true one all year long because of all the stuff with COVID. Like if, you, if you're Cleveland, by any means necessary, you haven't made the playoffs since 2002. This is a game where I'm sorry. I'm telling Hunt and Chubb to saddle up. You're getting the ball. You're getting the ball 50 times between the two of you if we have to. If this is how we're going to win this game. We're going to pound the ball at their front since they're resting everybody, and then you play from there. But I think I think if you're Cleveland, yeah, I don't care what it looks like, but yeah, they should win this game. They have to win this game. Let me tell you this though. Like there was plenty of people going. This would be the most embarrassing loss ever for the Browns if they lost. And I go. I don't know, man. I think losing to Duck Hodges when your coach wore a Pittsburgh started it shirt the night before, that's probably – I'm willing to say that's more embarrassing. It's probably more embarrassing, but I would think – and I'm not a Browns fan, but I would think this should be more soul-crushing. Like, you, you're sitting there. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. They're a good team. Look, so good I think point. they're going to go to the Super Bowl. No. But Cleveland's going yeah. a playoff game. I wouldn't be shocked if the Browns beat somebody in a playoff game. The Browns are a good team. Stefanski's done a really nice job. Frankly, if I didn't give – uh, Flores, my, my nod for Coach of the Year. I give it to Kevin Stefanski. So I think they've done a really good job. And they're built for the playoffs in the sense they can pound the football. They can run the ball. They've got the Buffalo and it's bad weather. Who cares? They can just put the yeah. snow tires on and just run them over if they have to. So uh, you know, I, I just think if you're Cleveland in this game against Pitts, I don't care what it takes. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if they win because they block four punts. If you're Cleveland, you have got to win this game and get in the playoffs. Follow this guy on Twitter. At Matt Verderam. Matt, we can't thank you enough for the time. All the best, buddy. Hey, thanks a lot. Take care. Yep, Matt Verderam. Bad-sided. Great stuff. I'll say this for the Browns. Getting to the playoffs would be enough. I I think it would be the same last year like the Bills. Give give your quarterback some experience. Because now I I expect Josh Allen and the Bills to feast. I really do. I, and I don't know how great of a shot I would give anybody against the Bills right now except for Kansas City because it's Kansas City and I want to give them proper respect. That defense has gotten better over this year. They got guys back. And Josh Allen has proven. He has, he has started to prove it that, yep, the, the patience, the work that they have put in together with he and Sean McDermott and everybody, they've paid off. But just getting some experience, getting some hay in the barn in the postseason, I think would mean the world to Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. Tom Herman has been fired by Texas. We'll get into that next. That's just come down. It's Ken Carlin on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.